podcast. I'm Stephen Perkins, the editor-in-chief of The Outset Network. Very excited, happy, thrilled, all of those adjectives that you have uh, joined us this week on this episode. This is the show where we try to dig a little deeper about the people who make up our center-right conservative libertarian collective movement. Um, And this week we're talking to someone who I've been wanting to speak to for a while. And Caleb Franz, our podcast director here at Outset, made it happen. Zuri Davis is on the, the show today. Zuri is a writer at rare.us, which is a, a great publication um, that I have as part of my morning media diet. Um, but what I most like about Zuri is that she has this energetic vibe about her. Like the energy is always great. Um, and she also has a really unique perspective, much of which you will hear during our interview today. We talk about, um, among other things, how she went from a baby neocon, her words, not mine, uh, into becoming the libertarian that she is today. We also talk about um, how she went from political science and, and got into media and journalism. It's a really interesting story. And I ask her what message she most wants to get out to the world. I think you'll enjoy that, as well as all the other insights that she has to provide when you listen to this interview. So sit back, relax, and enjoy my interview with Zuri Davis. Zuri, thank you so much for coming on my show. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And and also, uh, thanks are due in order to Caleb Franz for connecting us. Um, Zuri, you are someone who I've known about for a bit. We met at CPEC briefly, um, and I know a little bit about your story, But I, I and, and I think it's a, a really interesting one because it's, it's a unique perspective. But um, I, I want to know just kind of a back, about your background here as we start out. Um, where were you raised, and what was that childhood like? Okay. I am initially from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Um, I miss it. It's the land of endless summer. And I really start to feel homesick when it starts to snow up here. (laughs) Um, So I was raised by parents who were very involved. And I know that having a strong foundation like that really helped set me up for successes later on in life. Um, My mom always made sure that we would read a book. Um, She always made sure that we learned outside of school so whenever we'd come home for the day she'd made she'd make us sit down and do a little bit more work um my parents always made sure that we were aware of opportunities out there we always went to the library we always did things around town um my parents would take me to community events and we lived in a community where people weren't really involved so sometimes we'd be at these meetings with the mayor and we'd be some of the only people Uh, from the neighborhood there, but I think it was a very solid foundation, not only to set me up for success, but to get me interested in political work later on. That's cool. So your parents, you would say they were politically involved or at least engaged? They were definitely politically engaged. Um, One thing I liked was it was very nonpartisan. So it was always local politics. So I didn't even know uh, what my parents were. politically until much older <laughs> so oh yeah interesting so um so they kind of got you or, or they, they kind of showed you that there was that there were opportunities to be involved in the community and things like that um mm-hmm. but i'm curious was that 
would you say that's what sparked your interest in politics or was it something, an event later on down the road? Definitely. Um, I think that slowly built up my interest in politics and then just always having resources there for me, um, just like reading resources. I was exposed to people like Condoleezza Rice when I was younger and just seeing people like her who I could identify with made me excited and it made me want to go to Washington, D.C. and make a difference. So that was your goal from an early age was to go to D.C. and and be involved in politics? Yeah, it was very idealistic. Yeah, no, (laughs) but (laughs) but I mean, you know, you're you're living it. So that's cool. Um, Mm. What about kind of the the political involvement? What was one of the first steps that you took um, in politics? One of the first official steps that I took, um, it, it's kind of a twofold answer. Um, my parents would take me to walk around the block to, I guess, help canvas for um, city council members. Um, but usually if they were like a member of our church or something, it was very like nonpartisan. But the first time I made the step to do anything politics related was when I joined um, the college Republicans on my campus. And what was that like when you joined college Republicans? Cause I know you have kind of a more libertarian mm-hmm. leaning background. So did you find that the CRs were a good group for that or were there challenges there? I I'd imagine it was a time where you grew a lot in your political, um, kind of ideology. Definitely. Um, so when I first started there, I was very much a big government type of person so it didn't really bother me <laughs> you were, you were a neocon back then <laughs> basically i was yeah. a baby neocon um <laughs> but um it wasn't a, my young there was like a young americans for liberty chapter that had formed on campus mm. and they were encouraged to reach out to college republicans for people who might toe the line and i definitely felt more like a Tea Party Republican at the time. So what they had to say about small government and accountability, it really sat with me messaging wise. So then I started to go to their, um, to their meetings, but it's really funny. Basically all the college Republicans were like self-identifying libertarians (laughs) by the end of 2012. So it was, it was very easy switch because everyone just kind of went, the same way around the same time. Yeah. And and what did that political education look like? Were you in school for political science or what was your major there? Yeah. So um, I actually majored in political science. Um, I went to college the same years I went to high school. So uh, I graduated in 2014 at the age of 18 with both my high school diploma and my bachelor's in political science wow. a couple months later. Yeah. Um, but I had always known that I wanted to do it. And there's never really a question of what I was going to major in when I got there. So what was that switch? Because you do, um, in addition to activism, you have journalism as well. Um, mm-hmm. What was the trigger for you to also pursue the media side of things? And so an opportunity was opened up to me to write. Um, in 2015, I had made it very 
open and known that I was supporting Rand Paul for president. Um, he was my favorite presidential candidate, and I just couldn't wait to start work like volunteering for the campaign. Um, and some random person on the internet said that because I was black and a woman, I couldn't support Rand Paul because he was a Republican. Mm. And as he very well knew, all Republicans are racist and sexist <laughs> and all this stuff. Uh, so I was just like, well, I don't hate myself. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So um, someone offered the opportunity to write a response to that as to why I did support him because there really are those questions from mm-hmm. people and you want people to know the reasons why they should support something if it's important to you. So I did that and I got an interview on Fox News out of it. And then a couple of days later, my current boss is just like, hey, you did a really good job writing this and you conducted yourself well on television. We have an open spot for you. Would you like to take it? And I jumped on it and I was a little frightened at first because I hadn't really done a lot of writing that wasn't my major I wasn't very comfortable but I knew that it was something that I was interested in doing and I'm really happy that I decided to switch over and so you're a writer at rare uh rare politics or, or do you work when in the other sections as well so um it's rare.us it's all like one big thing um but i'm on the news side now but i also contribute every once in a while to the politics side and that's more of the opinion pieces gotcha so so when you started that journey down media you were in dc at the time right yes what did you think about just because i know every time i go to dc it's always inspiring but i always get this feeling of if i live there i feel like i would get dragged down a little bit like it's certainly a cool place but i feel like after a while um you see some things that are discouraging um so i I always like to ask what what were your thoughts initially with dc and and what do you what do you think of it now so initially it was very exciting obviously it was the place that i'd always wanted to go um it was really nice seeing the monuments on my way to work every single day, mm-hmm. which is cool being there and having the opportunities here. Um, but I will say with time and age, which I guess is something that everyone has to do. <laughs> there are things, as you said, that you kind of witness. Um, and sometimes they're really funky. And I know a lot of Americans saw a lot of that during the 2016 election. And it was just even worse up here I feel because everyone assumes that because you're in DC like you're in the thick of things I'm just like no I just work down the street from all these people <laughs> like <laughs> I don't work with the president right. <laughs> so, you're, you're like I'm the, not responsible not yeah I'm yeah. not responsible for like anything that goes on there but I think that if you're up here for the right reasons and there's a goal in mind um and for my goal that's uh spreading liberty um then you still have that encouragement to stay even through the storms that's awesome so let's talk about your goal or or your why um so when you say spreading liberty what what is the the big picture of that i I guess spreading liberty is the big picture what 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 is what are some of the more specific um issues that you're interested in and that you see as 
potential for really, as you say, spreading liberty? Yeah, um, I think just having conversations with people, um, a lot of people think it comes through government. And I mean, I will admit there's some fights out there that do persuade people, but a lot of it is about conduct and how you can explain how liberty changes people's lives. Um, A lot of people are worried about health insurance. A lot of people are worried about the safety of America. They're worried about the economy. They're worried about a lot of things. And a lot of times when people on the other side try to speak to those people and meet their needs, it's very nasty. It turns people off and it makes them not want to hear anything that you have to say. So I think that just promoting better conversations with people, um, perhaps even like having a hub where activists can come and learn from each other and then go back out into America to message better. I think having that is important. So um, with your libertarian background, that gives me some ideas of kind of what you're influenced by. Was there anyone in particular, I I know you're a big Rand fan as am I, but was (laughs) there anyone in particular in addition to Rand or any other um, writers or, or organizations that really influenced or even continues to influence your politics? Definitely. Um, Well, I got into the Liberty Movement at a really great time. Um, There were the Snowden revelations and then Rand Paul's filibuster um, for like drone strikes in the Senate. Um, But the person who led me there ultimately (laughs) was Ron Paul, which is a Rand's dad, as you know. Um, And I actually got well, before I made the full jump to libertarianism, um, I was placed in a group for a speech class, and we had to pick a person to do a speech on. So someone suggested we do Ron Paul, and I never really heard of him before, uh, so I didn't really know what was up. But I was, from everything I saw, I was like, oh, this guy's pretty cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> and there was one video that we used in the speech – in our group speech and the video is a recording of Ron's armed troops, armed Chinese troops in Texas speech. And I never heard it before, but I remember how I felt when I first saw it. And I thought, wow, someone's finally saying something that I believe. (laughs) So I looked more into him and his positions. And then around the same time, that's when I met my Young Americans for Liberty chapter. Um, and I think, like, the final straw was um, there was a representative from the Institute for Justice, and he started telling us about um, licensing laws, and he got into hair braiding and how hard it was for people in minority communities especially to get to um, provide a hair braiding service because the local governments tried to force them to get licenses, but they were like for barbershops and had nothing to do with hair braiding. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like at that moment, I was like, I know where I need to be. <laughs> <That sparked laughs> and this it. is where I need to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I, I Ron Paul was interesting to me as well. Um, in 2008, I remember watching the debates. It was the first election I'd ever paid attention to um, because I didn't know what everything meant at a, during elections before that. But 
um, I would just hear him speak. And he was so much different from the other Republican candidates up there. Um, mm-hmm. And I did so much research into Libertarian Party and all that. I ended up um, I ended up block walking that year for Bob Barr, the, the Libertarian candidate. Oh, wow. No one ever heard of. Uh, I don't even know what he's doing nowadays. But yeah, so Ron Paul seems to be a common theme with a lot of people, even people who aren't who don't consider themselves hardcore libertarians. Um, I, I think everyone was in some way inspired or at least challenged a little bit by Ron Paul. So that's cool. Um, so what would you say as you're beginning your career, uh, you talk about um, as, as you are able to provide kind of the, the reasons of why you're a conservative uh, as, as a woman and also as black. Um, what were some of the other, what did the beginning of that career look like? So you go to Rare and you start writing about issues. Um, how long did it kind of take you to, to get established in that and kind of find your find your bearings? It definitely took me a while. Um, my writing was terrible <laughs> when it first started, and I'm a little bit embarrassed to go back and read some of the That's things writer, that I yeah. wrote. Yeah, so it was a bit of a rough start, but... I think I just got more passionate about issues. Like I know one of the first things I had ever written for Rare was about two little girls whose dad needed surgery. So they set up a lemonade stand um, in front of their house. And then the stand got shut down by the police because a neighbor was worried that they didn't have the right permits. (laughs) So you see stories like that. And as rough as your writing skills may be and as unfamiliar as a territory is, like you just feel a dedication to share those stories because people need to know that they're happening and people need to know how ridiculous like big government is. Like these little girls are just trying to help their dad out with like an important medical procedure and people are worried that they don't have the proper permit to set up a table on their own property. So what would you say, you've been with Rare for how many years now? Um, about two years now. Very cool. What, what has been kind of the reach of your work? Um, like, uh, sorry, just more of like the, like on Facebook or. Yeah, I mean, what kind of responses do you see from people whenever you are, are writing some of these more unique pieces um, giving your perspectives, what's some of the feedback or some of the reaction that you get from that? Oh, perfect. Gotcha. Um, it's been pretty positive so far. Uh, I personally don't like writing where it's just like, here's why, here's why another side is like stupid and ridiculous because sure. I think it turns those people off. And if we are trying to spread a message, like we need those people to hear and understand. So I always try to pick, um, pick ways to explain information where it's like, well, here's how it benefits everyone. Um, And that's been a lot more positive. Like I have a lot of Democrat friends who have expressed uh, or who have responded to the things that I write positively. Um, There are family members who voted for Obama twice, uh, voted for Clinton, like, and they still express like a lot of positive um, they have a lot of positive reactions to the things that I write. Yeah, I, I find that interesting because 
you know, one of the things that we try to do at Outset, and, and I'm, I'm starting to see more, more people doing this, and I think it's great, is being more moderate in our temperament um, mm-hmm. and realizing that you, it's not productive to yell um, or, or, you know, write in a, in, a, in a way that is just trying to get aroused out of somebody. Um, so I, I, I think it's interesting the, the reaction that you'll find from people who disagree with you, but you're sharing this from the perspective of, well, this is our perspective, or you're sharing your perspective and, and, um, and it's in a way that isn't accusing them of, of something or isn't um, making assumptions and things like that. And, uh, and it's much easier to connect with people. Um, you know, imagine that it's easier to connect with people when you aren't calling them names. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what is your day look like? What is the day in the life, um, look like for you? Um, it's usually just come into work, um, figure out what the trending topics are that day. Um, just like what's big, what's really gonna, sit with people if it's something that they're paying attention to um and there is a lot of foresight as well involved because you'll need to know what big thing is coming up on uh in congress like what trends do you need to pay attention for for like the future and then you just find something and you get to writing on whatever it is so what does your media consumption diet look like when you're trying to find the stories that are trending that day? It's a lot of Twitter. Um, <laughs> and I actually love Twitter now. I used to hate it. Um, and I refused to get a Twitter for a very long time. Why did you not like it? I just thought it was stupid. I didn't understand it. And I thought it was dumb. <laughs> so, gotcha. But I have since learned. Um, but Twitter is great because it's all very real time. Like, a lot of people think that Facebook is real time, but I'll see trending topics on there that were big, like, two days ago, mm-hmm. and that's not very helpful, versus Twitter, where it's, like, as soon as something happens, I know I can go, and, like, five people will have videos from different angles, or will have tweets up, and I can piece together a story based on that. What does the rest of your uh, media consumption look like? Um. Some of it's just reading. Um, I think reading is just as important as writing. Um, So just trying to get people's perspectives on things. So it's a lot of opinion content and not just from places that I like it or just agree with. It's also from sources on the other side just to see what people are talking about and how it's affecting them. And I kind of use that to gauge the response we'll get. Very cool. Um, you mentioned that you were brought up on, on kind of the, the, the theme for you seems like reading, like uh, you love reading and you were kind of brought up with that. Um, what would you say is the book or the, the, the few books that have influenced you the most? Okay. Um, I definitely say the law. I mean, I didn't read that until about a year or two into my libertarianism but it was finally something that helped me put my political beliefs into like real words so I could share them with people when they asked me why I thought the way I did um and also the American cause because it's the first book I read um 
by a Liberty organization. It's uh, the James Madison Institute in Florida came to our college one time and they were like, hey, we're going to have like a book reading session. We think you should all come and hang out with us and read this book. And that was also a nice book that helped me formulate my different ideas about economics and small government. Now, is there a book that you most frequently give to people? Um, <laughs> definitely conscious of a conservative because I mm. think it applies to everyone. Um, I think it's great for Democrats and I love quoting it to my Democrat friends because <laughs> I'm just like, Hey, some of the stuff you see that's not actually principled. And I would hate for them to think that that's what conservatism is. Sure. And then I especially find myself quoting it to other Republicans because I know that sometimes we get a little, we stray a little bit off the path when it's a politician that we really, really like. And it's like, yeah, well, we can't just criticize Democrats for doing something and then accept it when Republicans do it, especially if it's not a conservative thing. So. Yeah. So let's go down that path. What do, what do you think is when you look at the conservative movement or the Republican Party, um, what do you think is one of the more troubling developments that we've been seeing here lately? Definitely the love for big government. Um, I remember bits and pieces of the Tea Party movement. Like I know I was a little bit young, but it still appealed to me at that time. And just to see people go from wanting a smaller government, um, wanting eased regulations and a more free market economy so they could find ways to prosper on their own. To see people go from that to more pro-big government, pro-economic protectionism type of rhetoric, it's a little bit frightening. Um, and it's a little bit disappointing because these are the people who have been your allies for at least the past eight years, and now they're all kind of gone <laughs> because different people are in power. Yeah. Do you, do you think it's because now that the right is is in a position of power, big government seems more okay because it's not the other side doing it definitely and democrats have this issue too like you have sure. democrats sounding like libertarians nowadays but it's <laughs> like well eight years ago you were totally fine with yeah. all of the same stuff so um well in, in terms of future issues and this is kind of a more challenging one because i i don't know the example i use is bill gates talks about um how robots are replacing workers so maybe we should tax businesses that use robots um <laughs> what what are some of the issues that you see potentially coming down the road and becoming bigger issues within a few years you know 10 years something like that um definitely definitely a lot of innovative issues um especially tech related I mean, we already see a lot of the Uber stories going up against the taxi cartels. And that's something that definitely affects our lives as younger people, since we're more likely to use Uber. Um, I think criminal justice reform issues as well. Um, it's very bipartisan 
or nonpartisan even. So that's an issue that unites a lot of people. Um, and I've noticed that more and more people are caring about it. Um, you're seeing a lot more of the discussions about that in pop culture even. So I think some those two things are especially going to be something that we can look forward to hearing about for a long time. Very nice. Um, as we wrap up here, I, I want to, this is a question I like asking. Um, if you had a TV ad space for the Super Bowl, if you had a huge billboard on a major highway, if you had some mechanism for getting out just one message, what's the message that you would like to most get out to people? Um, I, I mean, this isn't, um, like tweaked, <laughs> I guess. Um, but definitely something that would promote free markets and free minds. I think that's a great slogan. I know a lot of people use it. Um, just something that would encourage people to make their own way, um, to have the freedom to make their own way in life. What do you think? So as, as people, um, I see more and more people becoming interested in politics. They're paying attention. The 2016 election kind of sparked that interest. Mm -hmm. um, I find it troubling because they look at the right and they're getting the wrong idea of what conservatism or, um, yeah. or libertarianism is. Um, what would you say for people who are getting into this political system with fresh eyes? What are some of the first steps that they should take before they get active and, and kind of before they start developing some of those um, hardline stances? They should definitely read. Um, and I've noticed uh, a lot of college kids, for example, um, like con college kids who exist right of center, when you ask them why they have the beliefs that they do, they usually say it's because they're anti the left. And it's like, mm. sure, uh, that's a lot of people's answer. But if you can't explain to someone what you stand for and why you stand for those things, you're not going to successfully convince people that you're on the right side of things. Um, it's just something as simple as starting with the Constitution. Um, like you always get those videos of, TSA searches, for example, mm -hmm. and you get the people who are like, oh, well, it's the TSA. They can do whatever they want. And it's like, yeah, well, we do have a Fourth Amendment. And here's why, <laughs> like, it's OK to criticize some of these things. And it's like something as simple as the foundations of this country. People should know what they're fighting for and why. Um, developing political philosophy is important. Like I said, I love telling people to read conscious of the conservative um just like laying the groundwork for the movement that they're a part of and what it stands for um i think that's important and a lot of people don't do it anymore that's great we're gonna put those books in the show notes so people can, uh, can <laughs> check those out um well as we wrap up is there any is there any request or question that you would like to anything that you'd like to request from the audience or any question that you have that you would like to um, be answered there sure um just i guess it's more of like a general question but just why are you a conservative um why what are you fighting for 
Um, I think that that's an important question. I mean, I'm generally interested in seeing it because people come to this movement from all sorts of backgrounds, and I think that's awesome. But also, I think it's important for people to ask themselves that question um, and to continuously ask themselves that question so they always stay true to their hearts and stay true to the principles that brought them in the movement. Very cool. And if they want to answer that question, where can they find you uh, on social media online? Okay. Um, well, they can tweet at me. That's at Zuri, Z is in zebra, U-R-I underscore Davis. Um, and I love Twitter. I wish more people would tweet at me on Twitter. <laughs> so feel free to do that. <laughs> and you can find all your writing at rare.us as well, right? Yes. Very cool. Well, Zuri, thank you so much for coming on the show. I I thought this was a great conversation, and uh, and you have uh, just a great perspective on this. And you're one of the first media people that I've interviewed, so it's very exciting. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you again to Zuri for coming on the show, and thank you to all of you for listening to this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did, give it a rate and review on iTunes or wherever you subscribe to your podcast. Make sure to check out the other podcasts on the Outset Network by going to outsetmagazine.com slash podcast. Uh, You can find the Outset Network at Outset Network on all the social media. You can find me at Stephen underscore Perkins on Twitter and Instagram, facebook.com slash Stephen Perkins. And until we speak again next week, take care. God bless.